Hey everybody, welcome to a very special edition of Bald Movies, uh, what is, is surely to become uh, an annual tradition. This is the first annual Aaron and Cecily's Cinema Spooktacular. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. And what started this is um, a BuzzFeed author, Kimberly Dads. She did a list. You'll never believe it. She did a listicle? 31 underrated, creepy, disturbing, and downright scary films you can watch throughout October. So it's one for every day of October. And Cecily and I started skimming it and like, hey, this actually seems like some thought was put into it. Like all these movies are newer, like in the last five years or so. They're all from like, uh, or the vast majority are from indie houses and the couple of movies on the list that we had already seen we knew were good choices were, were of high quality like uh and and so we decided to start watching it and we are going to rank these and i think we're going to like i said make this an annual tradition that sometime in october we're going to talk because this is something we've been doing for years now uh we're going to talk about all the scary movies that we've watched since this is the first one yes can I hear a little bit about your background with spooky movies? I didn't really have any until you walked into my life, dear. <gasps> I, I, um, because, you know, this is one of the many artifacts of being in the religion that I was in. We weren't really allowed, uh, to watch anything with supernatural elements into it. Like, to the ridiculous degree of you couldn't see it, the little mermaid because it had a witch in it. So seeing something like The Exorcist or anything that was this this supernaturally spooky or violent was just not allowed. And you weren't I wasn't allowed to get celebrate Halloween, so fuck it anyway. Uh as a result, I turned into a like like you know how seven year olds or six year olds are naturally scared of like haunted houses mm-hmm. and scary movies and they just like can't fucking handle it. That's how I was about horror until I made a little exception for The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. But then I still didn't really delve into the really supernatural, like that science-based monsters. Um, and then you really like scary stuff, so I started watching stuff to make you happy, and I've kind of gotten addicted to the whole haunted house and it's spooky fun. stuff. It it's is fun. fun. What about you? Um, the first horror movie or scary movie, I don't know. What what term do you prefer to just talk about that? I think they're like scary, scary? movies, but yeah. scary movies can be horror movies. Wait. Yeah, horror movies can be scary movies, but not all scary movies are horror movies, I think. Uh, yeah. So, personally, I like to say horror, just so people understand the genre, uh-huh. I guess. Uh, the first scary movie I watched was The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Okay. Um, I Drew was... Barrymore? No, no, no. It's the one with... What's her name? Rebecca something. Gayheart? No. The Mornay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So... It's about uh, a man and a woman who go to uh, – it's a woman's pregnant. She goes to a gynecologist. The man sexually assaults her and gets arrested. And then they find a new nanny. It turns out she's the ex-wife of the guy who sexually assaulted her. And she oh, wants, my God. She, she wants to take her baby. That's just like any Lifetime movie. Right. She wants to take her place in her life, take her baby, all of that. Wow. So I was dismissed from the room in order for the adults to watch the movie. So naturally, I snuck behind the couch and watched like between the cushions and between my, clo- my fingers uh-huh. the whole time. How old were you? I had to have been eight or nine. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so I got started pretty early. And now that's not a really... I'm not like a horror movie buff, but okay. it's just not something I was ever particularly sensitive to. Oh, okay. I can't say that any any scary thing has given me nightmares. 
Um, I will say that these one of these movies have done something that I've never seen you do before, which oh, yeah. is like come out of your seat and go ah like that. Like you, right. I don't yell, I don't scream in my normal life. You've but... been stone cold Steve Austin throughout all this stuff. Like I jump and 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 uh, shudder and stuff, but you're you're like a rock over there. One of these movies got gotcha. you. It did. Got gotcha you good. It did. So let's let's talk about it. How do we right. want to do this? Uh, I we have a, we have we we saw a total of nine things this oh, this year. We should year. have made it an even ten uh, next well, year. Next year, next uh, spectacular squad goals. Uh, and we uh, we have put them in order by our preference. And I thought we would uh, exchange our options and then talk about them as they come up. So number, do you want to start at the bottom or the top? We'll start at the bottom. Okay. Lowest to highest ranking. The, low, the lowest thing, and this is not an enjoyment, this is just terms of spookiness, is True Blood Season 5. Oh, that's on the list? Yeah, I put it on the list. Okay. Because it's something we started, mar- we, we had this flexible amount of time yesterday, and I'm like, you know what? I still haven't seen all of Season 5 of True Blood. So, and it is a treat. Right. Anyone who was lucky enough to participate in the True Blood Authority podcast. It's our first podcast ever. It was our first podcast ever. Very, very you know fond memories. But we started at the wrong time because we started in season six. At, at the Nadi- No, we started in season seven. I watched season six to kind of catch up. Oh, okay. So you had watched all the other seasons. I think season five is one of my favorites. So... That's why we're going back and rewatching it, even it though is, we have all of the other things to watch. It is super fun. Like that Roman character is rivaling Russell Edgington for my heart. Right. This is premium Russell Edgington season. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't really shown up yet. He's been like incapacitated due to the imprisonment he'd suffer. But anyway, this isn't a true blood. This isn't a true blood authority. No, but we're talking about it. Maybe it's on, we should the, it's res- on the list. Maybe we should resurrect a true blood authority to do like an overall season five impressions. Nah. Nah. Let's just keep that for us. All right. Number eight on my list, which will probably be the first. Your, your number is, well, you got a number eight, too. Uh, the Invitation. No. Invitation for me is much higher. Okay. what? Uh, so let me talk about The Invitation. Um, the Invitation is a movie where poor man's Tom Hardy gets an invitation to a dinner party that his ex-wife has thrown that he has not seen for two years. After the tragic death of their five-year-old son right and their divorce and spiral into depression and all this stuff they're and, both and they in invited, new relationships they invited all of their close friends too that, who all happen to be at the party their son died at right and it is a intense very intense psychological thriller it reminded me of the film that i thought i was getting out of mother like like I wish Darrenovsky and Aronofsky had made this film because it would have been amazing. Right, exactly. I can't even imagine. How Instead, much he it would chose have been. to make his film. So that's that's my pitch for the invitation. And the reason it's so low on my my list is why it was extremely interesting. It's not very spooky. Like when I yeah. I I just I've decided that to me a horror film has to have a supernatural or monstrous element to it. It has to have a zombie, a vampire, a werewolf, a ghost, a, a possession, an alien, some a, a Cthulhu monster. It has to have something because if it's just people being shitty to each other, it doesn't do it for me. And, uh, and this falls it, – it's got great – this is more like a memento type of film, but it wasn't it, – it wasn't even a little bit scary. I agree with you that – um, well, I disagree with you on that point, okay. but I agree that I think the best horror movies have to have some sort of 
um, antagonist, I guess, um, preferably in a monster form. But for me, the scariest thing is what your mind can come up with, mm-hmm. whether or not what you're seeing is real, whether or not, you know, you're the crazy one in the room when, you know, as, as us, the um, omniscient yeah. audience yeah. knows everything that's going on. But, you know, watching this character wrestle with this and maybe he's not a reliable narrator or something like that. I think psychological thrillers are my favorite kind of horror. Huh. See, I, I like them as a movie, but I like don't. Like the tense building up. I mean, as opposed to like other movies, the like the one that made me scream. Uh-huh. Um, just throw, playing a loud noise and just having something like pop up behind you. Yeah. I think that I feel like it's kind of cheap. Okay, but like I, I say that Effective, like, but like for example, this movie never once gave me the hair in the back of my neck feeling. And a good like psychological film that's not jump scare based at all is The Witch. Like that film gives you massive willies yes. without once jump scaring you. Right, exactly. And this film gives you a lot of like, oh wow, that's interesting, or oh wow, that's fucked up, or like, you know, are my neighbors in Amway or are they in a cult? Uh, right, like <laughs> those the kind depths of... of human depravity is really is yeah really scary. But, but they to don't, me. they don't. It doesn't get my neck tingling. Okay, so that's fair. Uh, that's um, a very subjective thing. What was your number eight? My number eight is Banshee Chapter. Wow. I hated this movie. That's number four for me. You hated it. That's so funny. Invitation was number four for me. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. We got the 4-8 split. <laughs> um, Banshee Chapter is about um, MK Ultra, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so about... hot right now with Stranger Things. and Right. Um, so there was some revelations that people had been experimented on with the drug DTM. DTM, DMT, DMT. Yeah, DMX. DMX. Um, and you know what? X you. is going to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how that drug could supposedly, supposedly, you know, let you travel between universes. Yeah. Is that right? Am I explaining this right? Well, first of all, you said supposedly, which I thought was super I adorable. corrected myself and I said supposedly. <laughs> and secondly, yeah. I corrected so myself. this is like a, this is like a they said DMT 19 like it's a different spin on it. Yeah. And and it purports to be like And then they also they they tie in a lot of woo woo like Art Bell coast to coast shit. Like the idea of number stations where these real life People think they're run by, um, you know, uh, intelligence services of different countries. Right. And I should say before we go on that what really got me interested in this movie was mm-hmm. that it's based on an HP Lovecraft story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, called Beyond. Right. From Beyond. From Beyond. So they 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 got this this thing where they introduce this concept, these number stations, where it's kind of like something out of Lost, where someone just talks like a, letters out of the alphabet or a number in a particular sequence. And if you're a spy, presumably that's a code to some kind of pad that you can encrypt something or it's an encoded message to do something or it's mm-hmm. a way to who, – who knows what it is, but they uh, – they're, they're – they they postulate that there's some kind of alien or otherworldly force that beams in this this formula that if you make it produces this substance that then turns the human brain into a receiver for alien thoughts. They're and, wearing us. They want to wear and, us. And and shit gets weird. And like this is what I thought was interesting about this film. I, I guess I'll give it the positive, and I'll then let you tear it. There, there's a couple things. Um, one. I thought it really skillfully blended found footage with like uh, an actual 
out of character POV. Right. And we're using that to its strengths, like where it was, uh, where it's where it would be effective to ramp up the tension. They go found footage because the character might be holding a scanner or something. But when it doesn't, like when that becomes too restrictive, which is the problem that all of the paranormal activities ran into. Right. Like, why the fuck is a camera here? Yeah. Why, why, are, the fu- why are you videotaping yourself putting on deodorant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where they always run in that silly thing, they can just cut to an external POV and everything's mm-hmm. cool. So I thought it was the best of both worlds. And I love, love, love Ted Levine's Hunter S. Thompson-esque he, character. He was really having fun as, with that. As a protagonist in a horror film, that was just really entertaining. It was and great. And just he really went for it, too. So why did you dislike it so much? And I thought also I thought it was genuinely scary with the jump scares. I, I mean, it was genuinely scary with the jump scares, like you said. Um, I was... I felt the budget was really inhibiting them. Yeah. I felt like there were some choices that definitely wouldn't have been made by real life people if they didn't need the flashlight off for this particular jump scare or yeah. something like that. No, there's um, a couple scenes where I'm like, the only reason this character is doing this is to set up this jump scare shot that I can see coming a mile away. Right. There's like two instances and it really, it, yeah. I mean, the Bates chapter might have been up higher on my list if I hadn't been for that, honestly. So I see and what I you're just, saying. I mean, and I also just feel like the the mechanics of how everything worked wasn't really explained properly. Right. But I that's kind like, of a Lovecraft thing. Well, sure, but I don't I don't know that that's what they were going for, but mm. maybe it was. I just felt like when I read about the movie later to understand it better mm. that mm. there were some things that were s- supposedly shown <laughs> but didn't really come through. Yeah. Like um I don't want to talk about spoilers too much, right. but just like the uh the amping up of the tension and how the thing is sort of like came to a head at the end. Uh-huh. Um, wasn't clear to me mm. what was really happening to the people that took the drug. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I I agree with that, but I also think that some of those set pieces, like they really got inventive with the location scouting, and I was gratified to see our old pal Alex Giannopoulos, uh, head location scout for Breaking Bad, was the oh, location manager for this film. That makes sense. It's and very he got cool some, desert shots. He got some fucking amazing facilities that would have cost a ton of money on the set, and they probably got for songs. So um, I thought that was that was pretty cool. That's great. Do we want to talk about Banshee Chapter anymore, or uh, shall nope. you hit us with That's number seven? <clears throat> number seven on my Do list. Snake Draft style. Uh, Bone Tomahawk. Okay. That's number six on mine. All right. Bone Tomahawk is an old West movie starring Kurt Russell and a yep. few other people about um, deeply, deeply sh- sheltered, the word I'm looking for, um, Native American tribes. Almost like um, like an undiscovered primitive undiscovered, tribe. Yeah, yeah, that's a better word for it. Like like these are like almost Paleolithic Cro-Magnon versions of, of Indians. Right. So they happen upon... Our our merry band of travelers. I think one of them happens upon their um their. Do they live in a cave? Uh-huh. Sort of like their their homes, and they get taken. Uh huh. So they have to go investigate. Right. It's and, kind of like it's kind. Of, it, and here's the thing: the movie is very John Wayne searchers for so much of the film. Like yeah. Like, mo- like 
like, and I, I don't want to spoil it, but like you, you'll think like, what the hell? Why am I watching why, this? This why isn't did they even. They categorize this as horror. Did Netflix fuck up? And it will come, right. and and you you will have an experience. It has one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen towards yeah. the end. Yeah, it's it, there's some fucked up shit in this film, and but you get one of the best westerns of this this century. As the it, it, it's like a it's like this this gothic cowboy horror movie and it's really good yeah it's really underrated and I think everyone should watch it it's at the bottom of my list because familiarity breeds contempt it's it's towards the bottom of my list because it's um, not as full on horror which I think is what we were going for right. but it definitely deserved its place on the list also I'd already seen it before I saw this list so like. I I don't ha- I don't have like a, f- a fresh opinion on it. Right. Um, What's number okay. seven on you? Hush. Hush. Really? Yeah. Hush is number two on my list. Hush is a film. The premise is there is a deaf woman whose neighborhood, rural neighborhood, is being assaulted by on uh, by uh, a psychopathic serial killer, and he takes the fact that she cannot hear. And fucks with her for the fairly tight 85-minute runtime of this film. Right. He happened to prey upon her neighbor, and she came to her neighbor's house for help. But with her being deaf, she didn't hear her yelling for her outside. Yeah. Serial killer sees this and decides that's his next target. Right. And there's a whole bunch of... A whole bunch of interesting and inventive set pieces around this action. Exactly. Having a... Having a deaf protagonist who's so fierce and strong is it was incredible. Yeah, My- um, but it, I mean, it takes this very basic old trope like um, what's what is that movie called? The call is coming from the inside the house. Mm-hmm, right. What was that movie? I don't know. You know, we're just you got a you have a killer who just randomly decides that you're the target. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's sort of an old, like, 80s horror trope, but they Uh brought it back with this fresh spin, which is why it was kind of higher on my list. No, I thought a lot of set pieces were inventive. On the other hand, a lot of set pieces seemed like it was Stall City. In fact, in my opinion, the whole second act is garbage. They should have thrown it out and made it, like, a 50-minute movie, and it would be really high on my list. Right. Because there's just a lot of this movie where it's, like, it's, it's, it's it's a dumb stalemate, and... Um, man, that's the thing is like I I can't talk about how much why it's low on the list without further spoiling the film, right? But there's just a couple decisions they made about you know familiarizing ourselves with the villain that I thought was counterproductive to it actually being scary and like yeah I out of out of the first act I don't know that I was afraid once, so I felt like okay this is the t- so. That was those are my criticisms. And finally, there is nothing spooky about this film. There is nothing pair yeah, not the spooky Halloween at all. Yeah, we should come up with like a scale uh, for next year. We should have like a spooky, like you know, psychological, gory. Yeah, gory. Yeah. We, should, we should have a couple different metrics. But like, I felt um, like it 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 didn't hit the spook meter at all. And this is the spooktacular, damn it. Yeah. Um, before we go any further, should we let the listeners know that we'll start a forum thread about this? Oh yeah. So that we can discuss our spoilers and everything. Okay. Um, let's talk about number six, six for me is bone tomahawk, which we've already discussed. So what was your number six six? for me is the descent. Ah, that is way higher on my list. Yes. 
Um, I really like this one. This so this is another this is another girl power film because it doesn't yeah, have a dan- all... I don't think it has a man in the whole thing. Well, there are man monsters. Well, but again, man, it does it does it doesn't doesn't have a were they men? <laughs> I think that I think these people were just were people. And then they golemized. That's my yeah. Personal no, there, it, it seems like yes, you're right. But that's like saying we're Cro-Magnon men, <laughs> men. Like All I don't right. know. Maybe that's a good question because I think Neanderthals are actually men. <laughs> we were like gene compatible. Anyway, tell, tell the people what the movie's the about. The movie's about these women who have this fraternal uh, society of the traveling adventurers. And they have they meet around the globe and uh, they have these fantastic adventures. And I'm jealous of their life. Um, this movie starts off like a truck yeah. and just plows right into you. Yeah, and they introduce this family very efficiently, and then they take that family and they, they throw it away. And they introduce, like, this now this character is, is going on one last adventure with the girls, like, to take her mind off of all this. And they go into this cave that, like, no one's ever, like, charted before. And things start going wrong when these mysterious albino creatures appear. And I think this film was another skillful blend of kind of like found footage and those type of like handheld camera angles and like conventional storytelling techniques. Right. And I think the movie looks great. It's vicious. It's gory as hell. And it's got really good spine tingling moments. And like I did not know who was going to live and who was going to die. Till the final frame of the fucking movie, which and it we was rewound a, three times. It was an adre- it was an adrenaline rush. Yeah. So um, why? this is the movie. This is the movie that made me cry out when we saw the first monster appear. It's such a fucking scary monster, right? And it just yeah, just appeared. You know, it's one of those things where you know it's coming. And you're searching every dark corner of every frame. Building it up like with negative space and like yeah, yeah, and then boom, he's there right in front of you. Right. Uh, I don't think that's a spoiler because it's the first. You know, like some of the scary stuff in Signs was just like when the alien would like step out of a shadow and it's like bam, it was there all. Yes. Uh, So why did it rank so low for you? It ranks low for me because, like I said, jump scares aren't Uh, great. don't speak to me in a storytelling way. Yeah. You know, if you, I agree, I think it's one tool think, in the tool shed. Right. This movie would have been, you know, plenty scary without all the jump scares, but the jump scares are fun. Uh-huh. I just didn't feel like there were rules to the monsters. Sure. So I don't want to say any more without being spoilery. Yeah, no, I, I totally see that. And I think that also the movie gets a little too like, like it's best when it's scary and horrific and creepy and a couple times they flirt with being a little too Indiana Jonesy or, or maybe a Laura Crofty would be yeah. a better description and soon, when they start to veer into that more actiony thing the tension immediately bleeds and they have to work real hard to get it back but and, that but but it's like still like it it's it's number 2 on my list yeah the main character our our main female protagonist mm-hmm. was really really powerful and strong and awesome to watch yes yes indeed um okay so is it my turn yes for number five number five my five is the baba duke 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 i thought this is just a really creepy awesome like the the here's the thing the the kid is the price of admission you have to get past this 
obnoxious child. He's the worst. And whether you eventually sympathize with him in a situation um, and his mother, like I like, I think reasonable people can disagree. But like, this is a a very kind of disturbed child. A very like the, like with a lot of special needs and. It does a great job of portraying how not great that life can be. Right. Um, it's it's, it's uh, really um, startlingly effective at making you feel how stressed out it must be to be a parent with a child that's got a lot going on. Right. It's a story of a single mother who's you know trying to take care of her son, but they have a haunted storybook that a monster appears to be coming alive from. Mm-hmm. Um, also. Breakout gay icon of 2017, the, the Baba Duke. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I think um, I think Netflix accidentally categorized this movie as like a gay LGBT. Oh, movie. and they just they just they just ran it. with it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing seeing the Baba Duke at all these like Pride festivals. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, That's yeah. Fucking awesome. It's like where the wild things are. Can yeah. Imagine that guy. That would be super fun to see on Pride Day. Um. Yeah, I think it's great, and, like, um, it's got a lot of really, like, once you see the movie, you'll probably go online and read about the symbolism, and there's a lot of compelling cases about what the movie, you know, I think there's some, like, obvious ones or some not-so-obvious ones, and they're all really great takes. It's a thinker. Yeah. Um, Not only is 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 it scary... But it's also like it's it's psychologically scary, it's supernaturally scary, and it's like oh, kind of like has you think like kind of like uh, George Romero's uh, uh, zombie stuff. Like it's right. always got a little bit of a message about society, and I think it's all it's this is a great film, right? So I'm surprised. In fact, I think it would be higher on my list if again I hadn't if I did if I if I saw it this year. But like all the stuff I've seen recently is is kind of like all up uh, is out competing the stuff. Right. Um, the Babadook is number three on my list because, okay. again, the psychological psychological element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot like that movie Lights Out. Mm-hmm. Did we watch that together this year? Uh, yes, yes, right. we did. Well, it's not on the list. It's not on but the list. But Lights it's... Out is kind of like you know when the lights are off. Does it even exist? Uh-huh. If a tree falls in the woods, does anyone hear it? Right. You know, is it is it their minds? Is it really a storybook come to life? I like I like that. I will say that like since this isn't a freebie, um, lights out. Like the first half of that movie is as scary as anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, they kind of run out of steam with the concept here and there. They do. It made for the perfect thirty minute horror movie yeah 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 in that contest like it's, it's a really strong two or three minute like it, it won like this festival for short films you know the, the youtube original which you can see online right um but yeah so there's a there's a there's a freebie, freebie. freebie review. uh so we're ready for your number five my number, number five four? my number five is 1922 okay the that stephen was my king, number three uh nice the stephen king short story that was adapted into a movie that just premiered on netflix on Friday, Friday the twentieth. This is like if you took the grapes of wrath and put it in a blender with what lies beneath and hit frappe. Yeah, it's a great like I. And here's the thing, um, I like this a lot more than Gerald's Game, 
because they just left it ambiguous about how much of this stuff was real, how much of this is this guy's mind playing tricks on you, and you can tell yourself whatever you want to believe, which I think is fundamentally more eerie and spooky than, oh, we took the mask off the fish monster and it was old man Magoo. <laughs> right. You know, his old man Moonlight. Like I, So I, I thought this was um, where, where I thought Gerald's game was spectacular until the end. I thought this was great all the way through and had some genuine horrific things to look at visuals this movie was very true to the short story it's almost exactly how i remember seeing it in my mind and feeling it when i read the 1922 Mm -hmm. um oh you read it yeah Thomas Jane, uh, I think that's my favorite like short story collection of Stephen King's. Yeah. If you're a King fan and you haven't read it, that's a great one. Um, Thomas Jane was doing an amazing job with this. You know, I've realized Thomas Jane is someone I've had an irrational hatred for for so long because I saw the first thing I saw him in was The Punisher, and I thought it sucked big time. And I just wrote him off as a shitty actor, and then like I saw him in Expanse, and he was playing... Not a great character, but very, very... He just had very, a terrible haircut. He, yeah, the, the look character. on this character, God. <laughs> but he, he was compelling, and then I see him in this, and he's like... It's not the same guy that was in The Punisher. No, it's not. Um, and the movie looks great, and it's got this like historical, again, Grapes of Wrath, uh, Dust Bowl kind of plot that's, that's already kind of horrifying, and then they put like a genuine... Spook show on top of it. I really, really liked it. It was it was number three on my list. Did we even talk about what the movie's about? Didn't we? Like, it's hard to do. I mean, because it's a short. And so yeah, I'll give the very, premise. The premise yeah. is this man uh, is married to a woman who we recognized as the a senator. No, Jackie the representative. Rep- ja- yeah, Jackie from House of Cards. Uh, she is a city mouse who married a country mouse mm-hmm. and has been resentful ever since. Her father leaves her a hundred acres adjacent to her husband's eighty-acre farm. Some primo land. And here's the thing: next to the railroad tracks. And here's the thing: um, she wants to sell her half and move to the city, and she wants the them, big city of Omaha. She wants, yeah, that's her. That's her sights that she's got set on. She wants her husband and son to come with her. The husband wants to stay. If she sells her half to the hog farm, Mm -hmm. it will pollute his stream and make his farm worthless. Yeah. So it's kind of like this mutual assured destruction thing going on and how that stalemate is broken is the what 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 uh, kicks off the movie. Right. So it uh, it's great. And and like a sincere trigger warning for rats. Yes. If you're a ratophobe. Like I would appreciate that if like there was crazy amounts of spiders in some horror film. Like I like if there's like five solid minutes of close up of spider mouths or something. Right. I'd need to know that. But so like if you're squeamish about rats, get this your, is not your cup big of tea. boy or girl pants on or or stay away because it's it's got some yeah whole. I'm I'm not afraid of rats at all, and I got a little bit of ratophobia. Yeah, it's there's some things to do with those rats that are uh, yeah. unnatural. Yeah, yeah. Pizza rats got nothing on them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Do we want to say anything more about that? Nope. Number four. Uh, I have the Banshee chapter, which you already discussed. I have the invitation. All right. We've already discussed. So number three, I had 1922. I had the Baba Duke. Okay. I think number two did the synth. Hush. 
All right, so we agreed. Number one, high five. High five. It follows. Number one spooktacular movie of the year is It Follows. And here's the thing: like, I don't know that this is the best executed film. I don't know if it's the scariest film, but the concept is so good, so good that and it it and and it lasts. It, it, they get a lot more out of it than you would think. I think they should have maybe cut five or ten minutes, like one or two set pieces that didn't quite work. Mm-hmm. But this, this, the, this, the, the setup is, um, there is a supernatural entity that works like a sexually transmitted disease. When you have sex with someone, it starts following them. And what I mean yes. by that is, it's an entity that can look like anyone. It's a, it'll always look like a person. It could be someone you know. It could be a stranger. It could be like a fucked up deal, like a dude with a missing arm or something. Could even but it will be, be you. It could. It will be dead eyed looking at you and making slow and steady walking progress towards you. Yes. And you can run from it. You can get in a car and drive away. Uh, they didn't really explore the limits of the ability, but it will. It will in the amount of time it takes to walk to you. It'll never stop. It's like the ter- spooky Terminator. Right. And if it kills that person, then it keeps working its way back. To the person that transmitted it to you, it'll go back to that person. Yeah, so it works as this kind of like, you know, it's like a classic t- teenage sexuality is wrong and will be and punished the- vibe. It's a it's right. an STD kind of vibe. Um that it's a very simple engine to run like a lot of terrifying situations as it turns out. Right. And apparently it doesn't, even if you transmit it to someone else, it'll still follow you. It just won't kill you. Right. If you transmit it to someone right. else. You can see it. Like, and that's the thing. Like, No one can see it unless they've been initiated into the circle um, by, by fucking the person. Right. And there's like, it's, they really play about what's real and what's not and who is actually experiencing something and like whether it's in people's heads or... Um, and I thought the actual, this, the actual scary set pieces were really inventive and well done. Yes, absolutely. And um, there's just something really creepy about something just stalking right. you and there's nothing you can do to make it go away. I mean, and, and you can't even and, lay down and die because you know that it's going to go and kill someone innocent and do, or do you try to pass it off on someone else and ruin and their just, life? Yeah. And then an unsuspecting person who's probably going to get killed since they're unsuspecting, and then it's back to you again. Right. Um, the only safe way to get away is just to have an orgy. <laughs> so at least you've got like five or six people as a buffer. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, um, and that's because I, I started like, and I see, I read an interview with Quentin Tarantino where he's talking about how he thought this was one of the best horror movies in 2015. But he's like, it's the kind of movie. That's so good, it makes you resent it for not being perfect. Right. And and I feel like with a little bit more obsessing about the universe's rules, a little bit. Because exactly. my first thought is like, well, you're from solid middle class leanings. Why don't you take a plane trip to L.A., see a prostitute, fly to New York, see a prostitute, fly to Miami, see a prostitute, fly to... To Seattle, see a prostitute. Fly to San Diego, see a pro. Just How like, does that dude, work that way? What do you mean? Well, because once all those, all four of those prostitutes get killed, then you've it's still coming back to you. But but I'm or saying you have four of them coming to you. But I, what? No. But the, you'd have to have sex with that prostitute and make sure that prostitute has sex with someone else. And that oh, see, I thought you could go. I thought you could pass it to multiple people. No, I think it's got to be like lineage huh. of. 
Huh. Sexual partners just going straight down. Well, the if line. you had like a group of friends of six, like she did, they could have done. They could have kept this monster walking across the continental United States forever. And also, like, what if you go to Hawaii and see a prostitute? Will it? Can it swim across? I think it just appears, doesn't it? Once you transmit it, the thing just appears. No, nah, it know takes what? a while to get. That's the thing so they that, always. That, I don't think it. that's the part of the rules that we're troubled with. I think it's sort of how it interacts with reality, um, what it can decide to do. Yeah. Um, nobody else can see it besides yourself. Right. If you have it following you. Um, I, I really liked about this movie that we didn't have to deal with all the friends and family members telling you that you're wrong, that you don't know what you're talking about. or right. They just went along with it. We're ready to help this person. So yeah. now we can get on to the good stuff in the movie. Yeah, I always thought that was like, uh, you know, they're they're reasonably skeptical, but they're just not like, oh, you're being silly. Go back to your room and sleep in the dark alone. Right. Like, uh, we'll see you in the morning. Surely nothing will go wrong. Like, I, I, I thought it was a pretty smart horror film. And again, early, like the early goings until that, that's the problem with all horror movies is by the end, you know, I guess only like the Cthulhu ones aren't like this, but by the end you have identified the threat and figured out how to delay it or mitigate it. And then that familiarity with it makes it less scary. Right. Um, and this film, it's like, you know, it, it, there is like it. Well, I don't want to spoil it, um, but I I felt like that there was a there's a set piece or two where I, I got just a little bit too much. I got the monster became less mysterious or maybe fundamentally sillier, and I was never like the third act. I wasn't afraid of the monster, right? Whereas, like I was, you know, like I I'm amazed that they got so much terror out of essentially like an old woman or a naked woman or a tall dude. You know, just like it's just uh, whoever those extras are that they got to play the monster is is really cool. Yeah, they were good. Uh, And I thought the the young cast was pretty good, too. Like they were all like it's kind of like they were all cast out of the breakfast club. Yeah. But there ain't nothing wrong with that. Like there's character archetypes for a reason. Exactly. Uh, Especially with kids trying to figure themselves out. Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend it's on Netflix for free right now. Yeah. Well, not for free if you're a Netflix subscriber. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these are on Netflix or uh, other streaming services. Um, the other thing is a couple other freebies. If you haven't seen them this year, you should see get out, get out. So fantastic. Yes. It's probably coming out on video. If it's not out already, fantastic horror movie. I tend to forget the not all horror movies come out in October or well, right. Like we got get out and what was it? February or something. Right. Right. It's a great movie, great movie. I great think that'd movie. be number one on the list, except that's not on the list. <laughs> and uh, now, like The Witch, we talked about The Witch. The Witch is a great non-jump scare, legit horror and it's, dread kind of movie. It's got a couple of jumps towards the end. Does it? Are they jump scares? I think it's just more like the situations are so... Well, you know what? See it yourself and, uh, and, and, and see what you think. But I, I think it's a great... Just, just like, oh, man, it's so oppressive. Tense, what's in the dark yes, kind of thing. Yes, and it's a period piece. It's set in Pilgrim times. Yeah, and it's, it's got, Extra spooky. Uh, That's where Halloween first began. This is where Aunt... <laughs> Not really. Aunt Lysa Aaron landed after she fell through the moon. Yeah, door. yeah, and and uh, it, it's a lot of Game of Thrones because the, uh, the protagonist, I believe, is... Uh, we just saw him in, in our season two, uh, wa- uh, wa- wa- season two rewatch of the Game of Thrones. It's Dagmar Clefjaw of the Iron Islands. Okay. Theon's buddy in season two. All right. 
Game of Thrones appeal galore. <laughs> so that's this is our first annual cinema spooktacular. So uh, you don't want to mention Pontypool? I didn't. Didn't I say Pontypool? No. Oh yeah, the, yeah, definitely Pontypool. Uh, first of all, I, I will link. I will link the review by Kimberly Dodds of these 31 underrated, creepy, disturbing, downright scary films because I'm gonna watch. I want to watch them all. They are like this. She has not given me a turd yet. Um, Pontypool is another like unconventional zombie tale mm-hmm. uh, that Jim and I saw last year as part of our um, commission podcast series. I will link the review to that. That's on uh, Netflix right now as well. Cool. It's we really liked it. It was in our very top tippy top of the bald uh, the Baldies Awards last year. Nice. Uh, so check that out too. The link to the article will be in the show text. Uh, this list of movies will be in the show text, and the article where we got derived their list will be in the show text. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a very very safe and fun Halloween. Happy Halloween! And we will see you next year for another cinema spooktacular. Ooh.